I have a secret ambition. I've always wanted to write a book. For the longest time, I had a special desire to write a book. But the problem was, number one, I'm a bad writer. You know, some people have it, some don't. I do not. Number two, I hate books. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before. Um, growing up, I absolutely hated reading. When I became a pastor, I had to pray, God, please help me to love reading. That was my prayer for, for a long time. Number three, the reason why I haven't written a book, though I really like to, is because I actually have nothing to write about. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to write about? About running? Everyone in our church runs. Should I write about my war with the pigeons in my house? Nobody's going to read that. Maybe I can write about living in an inland empire. Just talk about how hot it gets every summer. I, I have absolutely nothing to write about. If Jesus wrote a book, what do you think he would write about? I'm sure Rabbi Jesus would have written a well-known Old Testament commentary, right? Probably not on carpentry, uh, although he was a great carpenter. But one thing for sure, his first book would have been his thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. That's no-brainer. For the next few months, we're going to study the Beatitudes. Before we move to the next, uh, before we move to our new church campus, I wanted to go through the introduction to the best sermon Jesus had ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, in our church, what else should we talk about other than the teachings of Jesus? Amen. So that's what we're going to do. I'm just hoping that by the time we're done with the Beatitudes, we're going to be in the new church, okay? One thing that means we're going to move there soon. Number two, that means this series is going to be long. <laughs> Beatitude, this is the core of his teachings. This is the peak of teachings of Jesus, and Jesus started his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. It reflects the heart of Jesus. If Jesus wrote books, the Beatitudes most definitely would have been his very first book. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. This beautiful summer in, in Loma Linda, and we're just so close to finishing the church building project, 
And Lord, some of us just finished our school year and we're all here just really enjoying this day in your house. Lord, now as we worship you and now as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, we call it the Sermon on the Mountain. So pretty much Jesus preached from the mountain, okay? And we call it someone of the mount. But this is like the, the, the peak of the teachings of Jesus. A big crowd followed him to a mountainside. So he told everyone to sit down and he began to teach them. And he started with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. There are nine blessings, actually. I don't know why people say eight, but I see nine of them. Actually, when I was preparing for the sermon series, I was like, oh, it's going to be eight. And then I read the scripture, I was like, oh, it's nine. And then I read it again, I'm like, oh, it's going to be eight. And then last night, I decided it will be nine. Okay, you'll, you'll see why when we get there. Okay, today we'll focus on verse 3. So please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. We're going to read the very first blessing. And if you can, for the, I never do this, but let's read this together, okay? Shall we? One, two, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Beatitudes to the listeners in the mountain directly from the mouth of Jesus probably sound like something completely out of their world. Something that they've never ever heard before and nobody has taught before. Blessings to their mind, blessings were for special people. Blessings to the listeners, they thought, oh, blessings are for perfect people. You know who was listening to Jesus at the mountain? We have to think about the audience of the Sermon on the Mountain. Okay? If you look at the previous chapter, chapter 4, what happens is Jesus begins to teach in synagogues, and then he begins to heal people, miracles, right? And then when Jesus was leaving, they all followed Jesus and they followed Jesus to the mountain. And then finally, Jesus saw a big crowd and he said, sit down, okay? Sit down. These people were sick people and and poor people, people who are highly marginalized, marginalized in their society, people with no power, no money, no food. The sick the naked, the poor, and the helpless came to Jesus to hear him. Then Jesus spoke, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see what? This could have sounded like 
to them. The people who are listening, they never thought they were blessed. And all of a sudden, they hear from Jesus that there are blessings for you. I'm not special, I'm not perfect, but there are blessings for you. Poor, poor is a bad word in our society. Isn't that true? We automatically assume that if somebody is poor, um, they, they must be lazy or they're just not smart. Right? And we look down upon them. People can choose an occupation which doesn't make that much money for many, for many reasons, but most of us have a hard time understanding that. So being poor definitely has a negative connotation in our culture. Think about it. Is there, is there a young lady in our church who's looking for a poor guy? Anyone in our church? Um, Pastor Richard, the guy that I want to marry, I want him to be kind-hearted, I want him to be funny and good-looking, and I want him to be really, really poor. No, nobody likes that. Even in spirit, we like people who are rich in spirit and not poor in spirit. If Jesus has said, blessed are the rich, it would have made sense, right? Man, Jesus, are you sure you got this one right? So Loma in the church, blessed are the poor in spirit, what does it mean? Look at the blessings. Look at the blessing for the, for the poor in spirit. For theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Salvation is their reward. Man, this is important. That's a bold statement. Jesus begins at the beginning with the very basic principle of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are lifted from the dump and set not among the servants in the field, nor the sick on the streets, but among princes in the kingdom of heaven. So what is this spiritual poverty that we need to have? Did you notice Loma Linda Church that orange trees are disappearing in Loma Linda? Right? I mean, now I've mentioned that if you have not noticed that, you're going to notice that the orange trees are disappearing in Loma Linda. They are being replaced by new homes. Did you notice that? Let me show you some pictures. Oh, sorry, I didn't get my... Can you throw it? So I noticed that. This is right in front of my house, you guys. It used to be all orange trees. Okay? This is like right in front of my house, you guys. It used to be all orange trees. This is what it looked like before 
But now, Loma Linda looks like this if you go by California Street. Okay? This was before, and this is now. Why? They're doing this to do this. In fact, our senior pastor lives in one of those homes. He killed the orange trees and then he built his house there. Okay, it's terrible. Terrible. Who's going to give me a good oranges now? Right? Anyway, did you notice when they build new homes, uh, they take out all of the orange trees, completely out. Okay, they don't just cut down a few trees and then they build the house around it. Okay? They don't just leave a few them out. They don't even just cut down a few trees and they don't leave the, just the trunks out, no stumps there. They take out everything. They dig in. They take everything out, the root, the trunk, any debris of the trees or any, anything that's in there. They take everything out. They completely clean it out. They completely emptied out. In order for them to build brand new homes, they don't, need, they don't leave these little trees behind. They take everything out. They clean it out. They empty it out and they build new homes. Do you realize that when you want to build a great, beautiful home, you have to dig in and clean everything out and empty it and put foundation over it? And they build new homes. You can only build on an empty lot. Loma Linda Church, spiritual poverty, poor in spirit, means you are empty. Until we are emptied of self, we cannot be filled with God. Stripping away must be worked in us before we can be clothed with the righteousness that is from heaven. Listen to this. Christ is never precious until we are poor in spirit. We need to see our own lack before we can perceive His wealth. Pride blinds our eyes and sincere humility must open them or the beauties of Jesus will be forever hidden from us. Only when we are empty, we can be filled Only when we realize our spiritual poverty, our emptiness, we can be filled with the presence of Jesus. You know what we do instead, right? We fill us, we fill ourselves with other things. We feel empty and we need to be filled with Jesus, but we try to fill it with friends, boyfriends, husbands, money, cars, vacations, vacation homes, and many other things. And all these things I've mentioned, they are not bad. These are good. 
right? They're all good. They're not bad at all. But they cannot fill our soul. They cannot fill our spirit. This is why, Loman in the church, I think the new generation has so much anxiety. Because we are so afraid of being empty. Loneliness is one of the biggest problems that we have in our society now. We want to fill our lives with all kinds of fun and wonderful things, but in the core, in the core of ourselves, Loma and the church, in the core, there's a spot, there's a place, there's a lot that only God, only Jesus can fill. Until He comes in there, it doesn't matter what we fill ourselves with the things in the world, we'll always feel empty. Those who recognize that emptiness are the poor in spirit. Poor means lacking sufficiently. If you're always full, there's no... There's no room for Jesus. Then the poor in spirit means that you recognize your poverty before God. One more time. The poor in spirit means that you recognize your poverty before God. You can be incredibly talented, mega successful in your career. You have You may have super, super good relationships with everyone. You may have a perfect and awesome family. You may be brilliant and look like a supermodel. But if you have truly met God, you will recognize that you have nothing to offer to God. Not what I have but what I do not have is the first point of contact with God between my spirit and God. The good may bring their goodness, but God says there is none righteous, not even one. The rich may bring their wealth, but he says the earth is mine and everything in it. Some bring ceremonies, But he says, I am holy God. When we come to God, we realize that I am empty and I have absolutely nothing to offer to him. You see, Lomal in the church, that is true worship. When we come to our church and worship God, worship means giving worth to God, meaning I have no worth, only you have worth. Realizing that, recognizing that is the true worship. There isn't anything that we can offer to God except the empty heart for Him to fill us. We think that fulfillment in life is to be found in the the pursuit of self-reliance, self-confidence, self-determination, and self-esteem. But you know what Jesus wants? Self-denial. Humility. These are the character 
of the poor in spirit. You know what helps to be mindful of self-denial and humility? You know what helps us? If you think about where we came from, let me show you the picture of where my children came from. Well, not where they came from, but their childhood where they came from, okay? Yes, every one of us came from a tiny swimmer. Yes, you heard me correctly. I am talking about what, I think, what you think I'm talking about, yes. But I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to talk about something else, what happens after, okay? So what happens after is those little beautiful children. This is when the kids are like, you know, they eat what we give them, and, 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 and um, they say, yes, daddy. I haven't heard yes, daddy, for like 10 years. Okay? By the way, all the children, I absolutely love the kisses that you guys gave me. The first gift, I, I don't want to say first gift I've ever, ever received for Father's Day, but from church. First gift ever received from church on Father's Day. Thank you, children. Let's give them a hand, everyone. Great job. So children, remember that you came from your parents, and when you're born, you absolutely had nothing to offer to your parents. You know, if you really think about it, the how the kids are born, it's actually really interesting because did you know, children, when you're born, you come out completely naked? I mean, think about it. You know, they say first impressions are very important. And you meet your parents for the very first time and, you know, you should look nice and at least cover yourself a little bit, but what you do, you come out butt naked. All right? Came out with absolutely nothing. At least a few hundred, hundreds of dollars in your hand and go, oh, here, put it in and buy some stocks and by the time I go to college, maybe I can help with my tuition. No. Empty. Okay? So everything that you have now, everything that you have learned, your education, all the training, you even you knowing how to eat properly, even that your parents have taught you. Meaning, every one of us, every one of us, in our core nature, we are poor. Everything that you and I have, somebody gave it to us. Look at this picture. <laughs> that young dude right there is me. That's one of my daughters. That's my wife. I had to show this picture because somebody sent it to me. Actually, the guy who sent it to me is like sitting right here, but you know, I, I had to share that picture with you. Loma Linda Church, where, where does our self-entitlement come from? We could have died if our parents didn't take care of us. Where does our pride come from? We were crawling around in diapers. That's us, human nature. No dignity, 
no dignity at all. Your dignity came later with much training and education. Our dignity was given by others. We were naked, poor, and helpless. All men are by nature thus poor. Pastor John Piper once said this, okay? I love this quote, so listen to this. Pastor John Piper said this, Any Messiah who comes along and proposes to replace self-reliance with childlike God-reliance and self-confidence with submissive God-confidence and self-determination with sovereign grace and self-esteem with magnificent mercy for the unworthy, that Messiah is going to be a threat to the religion of self-admiration. That religion has dominated the world ever since Adam and Eve fell in love with the image of their own independent potential. When they saw it reflected back to them in the eye of the serpent. You will not die. You will be like God. You see what the old serpent lacks. The old serpent, a.k.a. the devil, a.k.a. Satan, also known as who? Lucifer lacks spiritual poverty. Not biblical knowledge, not faith in the existence of God, not faith in the power of God. Think about it. The old serpent, he knows the Bible. He knows God exists. He knows all mighty power of God. But the old serpent was not poor in spirit. Instead, the old serpent wanted to rise above the universe and sit on the same throne as the creators. To the poor in spirit, following Christ is easy. To the poor in spirit, giving God all the glory is no burden. And to seize from self is no hard command. The place of lowliness suits them. They count the service of humiliation on honor. Self-denial and humility, which are the main duties of Christ's kingdom, are easy only to those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I have a whole list, actually. A um, whole list of the people who are poor in spirit. I, I thought it was very interesting, actually, if you think about it. Abraham, in dealing with the Lord about Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, Behold, I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Jacob, when Jacob returned to the promised land after, after spending 20 years in exile, he wrestled with God in prayer and said, 
I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which thou hast shown to thy servant. Moses, when God came to him with the mission to lead the Israelites, the God's people out of Egypt, he said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Oh my, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. I cannot speak from, for I'm slow in of speech and of tongue. They were poor in spirit. I can go on and on. David and all the Psalms um, and Job. I, I've heard of, of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Isaiah, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. John the Baptist, the centurion, the apostle Paul, all these people, all these people, they were poor in spirit. Everybody is powerless, helpless, and bankrupt without God. Loma Linda Church, do you feel bankrupt without God? Or do you feel like as long as I have the numbers in my bank account, I feel confident? Or do you feel like you're going to be fine without God? You feel like I don't need, I don't really need God. I'm doing good. I'm a good person. What does this mean to us? Does this mean, um, is Pastor Richard saying, when I go to a next job interview, um, when they say, when they say, why should we hire you? And then you answer, you know what? I, abs- I have absolutely nothing to offer. I am an empty person. Is that what you should say when you go get a new job in a job interview? Is that what am I saying? Is that what we're getting at today? Loma Linda Church, today, I want you to find your own application. Talk to your friends and your family this week about what it means for you to be poor in spirit. You know, I always talk about, whenever I talk about our mother church, the KM side, I always talk about like, oh, you know, they care about, they care about potluck so much and you know, they, when they have board meetings, they fight a lot. They do. They fight a lot. It's kind of sad. So I feel like I only say bad things about them, but it's not true. I really absolutely love and respect our mother church. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have this kind of place to worship together. This church would not exist without their sacrifice. But I, w- I do want to say something very interesting about the Korean church, the KM, and that is, I am asked to speak there here and there, okay? So whenever I'm asked to speak there, what I do is I do not write a new sermon. I go through my sermon list, and like, ah, that one, no. This one, no. Like, oh, that one. So I choose whatever I want to speak. And the same sermon, I kind of Koreanize it and go over there, and I preach in Korean. 
But let me tell you something, Loma Linda Church. Whenever I go over there and preach the same sermon that I give in EM, without fail, in the Korean side, the reception is way better. Why is it that after I preach it, I feel like, why is that? You know, we, we have it better here in Loma Linda Church. We're, we're young. We have so much energy. Most of us professionals. Why is it that whenever I go there, they're old, they're tired, they don't really like to stand up when they sing because it's hard for them to even... Stand up. You know, and, and potluck is important to them. You know? But why is it that whenever I go there, I feel like the reception of the world is so much deeper and better? Loma in the church, they are empty. They are poor in spirit. I know you have great big homes and successful career. I know you are multi-talented and brilliant. But do you realize you are naked and sick? Do you realize how much you need Jesus? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you because, Lord, all these earthly benefits that we have, the career we have, the money we have, how we can afford vacations and wonderful homes and wonderful cars, sometimes we call that our blessing. Actually, many times, most of the time, we call those a blessing. But Lord, you're changing this blessing, this concept of blessing, completely different way. And we realize that the true blessing is your kingdom of heaven. And your kingdom of heaven belongs to the poor in spirit. Lord, in our lives, help us to pursue the heart of Jesus, knowing that we're actually rich when we're empty. Because when we're empty, and only when we're empty, you can fill us. In Jesus' name. Amen.